Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we go see a brand new movie in theaters, we come straight back to the microphone immediately afterwards, and we save our first impressions for you, the listener. And uh, we're here to get our first impressions, unpack a little bit, uh, work some stuff out, and I'm joined by two lovely guests, Robert Anderson and Bernadette Gorman-White. Hello. And what did we just see, guys? Us. Uh, no, yes, we you and went I? to go see stuff. We, what did we see? We us. saw we saw the movie by Jordan Peele. Oh, the movie Us, us by Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, yes, yeah. Then, the movie. <laughs> it. Oh, what is it? Us. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 sure we're we're the first podcast to make the who's I'm, sure we're the, I'm sure we're the I'm first sure podcast. We are the pioneers of in that comedic fashion. Um, <laughs> Thank us, goodness yeah. there's a picture accompanied with this podcast. Yeah, the audience will figure it out before we do. Yeah. <laughs> this is a movie I was super excited for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very excited. I think for we're it. all pretty big Get Out fans. In fact, one of my favorite memories doing this podcast was you and I going to see Get Out. I think that was like our then, second episode. Where we're yeah. like, uh, this is a hard movie to talk we're about. We're babies that don't know how to podcast. And now we saw a movie that, uh, <laughs> how do we, uh, but we did it. We, we got it. through it. I think it was one of our stronger hot takes where we really did unpack that movie in yes. real time. Uh, so what did you guys think of us? I liked it. Um, I have questions because there's uh-huh. a lot of things that confused me. And one thing that is more specific that I was confused about, but, um, it's, it's a, it's a cool movie. It looks great. It sounds great. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure what to expect and I'm still like, kind of like trying to figure that out now. Bernadette? Yeah, I had a really good time with it. I think more so because I'm a little bit of a wuss. And it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going Mm -hmm, to be. mm -hmm. And so that made it a little more entertaining for me. I was happy to see that it was more similar to Get Out than non-similar. I was afraid it was going to be almost too much like Hereditary, which is also an excellent film, Mm -hmm. but very, very scary. Yes. But I'm glad that it had those Jordan Peele Get Out elements because I was afraid it was going to veer further away from that. I'm with you guys on this. I I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I'm with you, Robbie, that it's a head scratcher a little bit. And and that, but I think that's, that is going to be the thing that makes me come to like it even more and more. The more distance that I have mm-hmm. from it, the more, and I definitely want to see it again. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a movie I'm going to continue to think about for a while. I think when we first saw Get Out, we were a little confused as to what it's happened. Just, and it was from yeah. seeing it multiple times. And like, I wrote an article mm-hmm. on it. And like, it wasn't until I saw the movie three times and like dove into it that I was like, oh, I think I like get it. Well, that one's about racism. That one's about racism. Yeah. Right. Well, this one's about us. It's about us, and us is a horror movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it uh, I, I, um, I think it's got, like you said, Bernadette, all those like Jordan Peele. I mean, this is only a second movie, right? But he really has like a signature style, I think, and he's he's so deftly able to combine comedy and horror, and he can make a, a movie that is at times very disturbing and upsetting, but also at the same time. Has moments of, of levity and has genuine laughs during yeah. it. Even sometimes melding those two things in into the same scene. Um, and I think he really like walks a fine line there and really like nails that perfectly. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I am wrestling with the themes. Like 
I was expecting it to be much more a political commentary mm-hmm. or social commentary, but it was just a very human film, yeah. it seemed. I think I when the first trailer came out, I remember reading a quote where he was like, whereas Get Out was very much about like racism in America, racism, racism is like the American demon. This movie's not so focused around race as much as it's kind of about like, you are your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, your biggest fear is yourself in a way. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I went into the movie kind of with that lens trying to watch it. Didn't necessarily make it any easier to unpack some of the themes going on. But right. Yeah, I think it might be more of a subtle metaphor what he's getting at with this one. Whereas Get Out, it very much, you know, the, the themes of racism that you leveraged the genre of horror really made it a visceral experience to, to no matter what your your experience of, or your perspective is mm-hmm. to really like get that feeling mm. that is so deeply ingrained in even the most casual racism right. i think as a viewer it really like made it very tangible to feel that kind of experience feel that kind of terror yeah and this i think you know has not as direct of an allegory going on but mm-hmm. I definitely think there there's a lot in there that is, you know, is in the same way, kind of like trying to get at that same sort of yeah um, effect. Sure. Yeah. I think Get Out happened to be a more aggressive film. It felt like a call to arms. Yeah, it does. It was yeah. very much a let's look at us in real time and apply these changes that we need to change. Mm-hmm. Right. This is what's happening. Wake up. Mm. Whereas this movie is much. Yeah quieter in many I think ways this movie has more of a like a, an introspective kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it you know kind of like let's turn inward maybe a little bit right and think about that um without getting into any specifics obviously but sure. what'd you guys think of the cast because perfect I thought, <laughs> really good yeah really i mean good. we're all big tim and eric fans so seeing tim Heidecker <laughs> doing like his thing but all also like up. kind of given like the best performance i've seen him do like yeah have you seen cool. uh the comedy i saw pits bit uh, pits i saw bits of it it's um, pits is, it's, yeah, uh, that's, pits. that's a hard one yeah it's uh mm-hmm. but uh, i think it's a jawbreaker of a movie yeah but uh <laughs> yeah. him and elizabeth moss is my new power couple so. oh for sure they're that's, really that's great. my thing so absolutely and tim heidecker any movie that he's in he brings that flavor of Tim and Eric humor yeah. uh-huh. with him. And it just like surrounds him. Like he has that w- one cameo in Ant-Man that lasts about 30 yes. seconds. Yeah. And five minutes prior, Paul Rudd saying pep pep out loud. Yes. And then Tim he- Heidecker shows up. So yeah. he's like yes. always got that. And he's doing that here a little bit too. Like that kind mm-hmm. of like not quite physical comedy, but like there is a little, a, bit, a, at times. A little yeah. bit, a little bit, but well, even like in Bridesmaids. Like, you get, like, here she comes vibes, like, very yeah. hard. Yes, yes, <laughs> Here she comes. Here she comes. But I think he actually had, like, not to focus too much on Tim Heidecker. We, we're big fans of we're Tim. We're big fi- yes. fans. And but uh, I think he has a little bit more screen time than he normally has in, like, a, yeah. a cameo role. Definitely. Definitely. He's he's in the movie. He's, one, he's like, one of the top billed uh, actors. Yes. So. Right. Uh, and another one, Winston Duke. Killing it. Mbatu fame. Mbatu. We're, we're big fans of Mbatu as well. Just kidding, we're vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Best, maybe the best line. I oh, mean, yeah. my favorite line. He's one of the best Panther. lines of Black yeah. Panther. Um, yeah. He is he is very good in this. He plays the kind of like very much like 
going into midlife crisis mode dad dad joke dad dad joke dad he's yeah. really like coming into his own on the dad joke dad so it's it's fun to see him play that character yes because uh kind of seeing him not be like ripped kind of like african king yeah he's a little bit like, more like, like doughy yeah. yeah it was it was cool seeing him in, in that role it kind of depends on your take of the end of the movie and the tone it takes towards the end but his character is the father at the end of the film like, gosh, he's taking it less and less seriously as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I was like, we'll what's going that. on here? We'll yeah, when we get to spoilies, yeah. but oh, like, right, yeah, right. I, there's. That, it really depends on the tone. There's a general that you think tone of like the whole family and like what's going on. I'm like, everyone's pretty cool about this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the strongest performance has to be uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. Save her for last. She is on fucking fire. Yeah. In this yeah. Movie. And she like, is. you know, you also have to keep in mind that a lot of these actors are playing double roles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of hers are phenomenal. Hot fire. Yeah. Like hot fire. Yeah. She is terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into the specifics of her roles because that is kind of spoilery yeah. territory. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, all of her screen time, no matter what she's doing, is fantastic. Not yep. a second wasted. Gave nope. me very much shades, Bernadette. I'm glad you're here so I can make this comparison because you're the only one in the entire story screen family that I can make this comparison mm-hmm. to. But another uh, actor that we both very much like that was playing multiple roles, Tom mm-hmm. McLaughlin. Yes. A very much like two sides of the Were same Were they playing both of the peaks of in Twin Peaks? Yes, he played both <laughs> of the peaks. Both peaks. Yes. <laughs> both peaks for him. Uh, gotcha. It was like a parent trap situation. <laughs> oh, so fun. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than you might think, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, it gave me shades of that kind of like two sides of the same coin kind of performance that is really sure. phenomenal. And she just, so badass. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Like, top contender for most badass woman of the year so far, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think and she... And this was the last the last movie we saw was Captain, right? Captain Marvel. <laughs> sure. Sorry, yeah. Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, there's plenty of room for badass I like, ladies. Hey, I like Brie Larson a lot. Sure. I think she's badass in Captain Marvel. Lupita Nyong'o is on another fucking level. Mm-hmm. I think she's the only person that could take on Brie Larson's powers. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, she's... So good in this movie. And, like, you know, there's a lot of shades of, um, his name's escaping me right now, but the, the main actor from Get Out, um, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaluuya. Kaluuya, not Kaluuya. Um, we've done this, like, we've gone down this road I, before. I, I feel like you could do a few, like, side-by-side shots of them, like, kind of in the last acts of the movie, and they'd be very similar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh. That's not to give to away the tone shift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um. You know, it's it's cool this being the second Jordan Peele movie, and like, I like how this feels like not to not to say it in like a a way that's taking away from it, but it kind of seems like it's um you know it's like Get Out with a budget. Clearly, this movie had more money. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, know? yeah. So like, sure. Jordan Peele can kind of flex like some of like you know he doesn't just do like insular horror. He kind of does like almost grandeur. The reason he's doing like Twilight Zone horror, you know, he very sure. much has yeah. a eye for the horror with a kind of twist. sci-fi greater twist yeah. to it. Yes, um, you know, not to go too far down that route, but yeah. there is there is an unexpected shift that happened in the movie. Where I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was what we we're doing. And there's I'm in. there's always mm-hmm. like a, a bigger. Well, I mean, out of two, 
two for two here. So far. There's always like a bigger <laughs> thing going yeah. on that kind of recontextualizes everything. I mean, it kind of goes back to the way that uh, Key and Peele sketches are made. Mm-hmm. The way Key and Peele sketches are made is that like you have a setup and then it gets flipped on its head. And then mm-hmm. that's like what the, the funny is, is right. like how you've it's not what you've been watching. Back. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, it's kind of cool to see that that like structural prowess is is kind of just like taken into these movies, but used in a very different way. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Do you guys have any more spoiler-free thoughts before we we dip into the spoilers? Because I I want to spend some time really. I'll just say right now I am confused, so I would love to talk about <laughs> the spoilers. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say just let's get into it. All right, let's yeah. rock. We'll be right back. Spoiler. Hello, and welcome to another episode of. It's Fits, where StoryScreen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1979 Ridley Scott film, Alien. Alien. I'm fucking upset that I haven't really seen this movie. I haven't. Tried to watch it when I was falling asleep on a friend's couch and I fell asleep. Alien. Scorny Weaver. She's, um, what is she doing? She's hot. Shut up. Um, yeah. I could talk about Ghostbusters. Nah. I don't have anything to say about Alien because I've never seen it. Ridley Scott made that movie with, um, Kurt Russell, no, I mean, Gladiator, Joaquin, is Joaquin's brother River? I have never seen Alien. This has been another episode of It's Fits. So... Mm-hmm. Let's try to um, let's try to wait our, our way through this. Okay. All yeah. right. Let's talk through it. Okay. You want to start at the yeah? We'll beginning. just we'll just kind of set it up a little bit and okay. then work our way through. Because if we dive right into the 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 deep end here, it's gonna be chaos. the shallows, chaos in the shell. Okay. So okay. In the shell. So we're we're brought in. Oh. You done? Maybe. No, I'm done. Go on. Keep going. I, I don't know if I know all the other lyrics no, besides come those. On. You started. Now give it to me. This is your punishment. And everyone listening is punishment as well. All right. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so I'm trying to like actually get their, their character names because oh. they don't really say their character names not, that often. Not very much. Not yeah. very much. Not one of those movies. Especially their really alternate. Like. I, I thought it was funny that they're alternate characters had names yes yeah the only name that they did say a lot was jason <laughs> jason 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 press x to jason 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 for all you heavy rain nerds out yeah, there yeah yeah you're gonna love that deep cut um, it was a lot of jason and kitty like, yeah kitty, mm-hmm. kitty. i knew i knew the one son's character. name was pluto the yes the alternate son like you think that's because he was like a dog kind of he like he like crawled around like a dog all the time 
Oh, maybe. And she like patted his head. Yeah. I'm sure there might also maybe. be some like planet or god. No, not. No, it is back into a planet. Mm-hmm. I think Pluto's a planet again. Is well, it a planet again? Yeah, James Gunn is directing Suicide <laughs> is directing Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy 3 and Pluto is a planet again. Pluto, Ooh. you'll always be a planet Two to small me. victories for us <laughs> Two small victories. on this hellscape. Um, okay, so... But yes, set it okay, up. So setting up uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character who... Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. So she, we start with her like as a young child right yes well i guess we start even earlier than that right because you you get the there's first, like kind first of two set up yeah shots of the movie yeah or sequences i should say the first one is a very imposing very creepy statement on how the united states is just littered with tunnels yes and mm-hmm. subways and abandoned like infrastructure underground that no, some of it which people don't even know what the fuck it's for. Right, right. That's a good way to start a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in. <laughs> That's very unsettling. Yeah, is to think like this is. I mean, it's a, it's a cool way to like introduce a real life concept to your horror movie that grounds the audience in the like, especially something like underground shit is yeah. always fucking crazy. And also, well, no, please, uh, we're probably gonna say the same thing. Mole people. You, <laughs> oh, it gave me like underground railroad vibes. Like yeah, that. I was thinking that yeah. at first as well. Yeah, um, like it kind of had a double meaning. I was thinking I think. that all the mole people believers were just like, "This is for us." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Shout out. I knew he knew. Yeah, a lot of like fire starter stuff going. Yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saw the moment. Shout out. Um, so it starts then after that with a shot of a television with a hands across America ad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then goes into the bunny, Lupita's the bunny, bunnies, the bunnies. Are next. bunnies are next. Bunnies are oh, after. There's a lot no, of like setup the carnival. This. I, I actually yeah. didn't love the kind of like too slow intro into like maybe it's not considered a flashback because it's like kind of where the movie chronologically begins. Yes, um, but I wasn't at first a huge fan of kind of like because it's like you're almost like five or ten minutes in the movie. And you're like, when does it start? When will it get started? When does it mm-hmm. get like started? And like it's a choice. Um, I really like that music that they played during the bunny sequence, the credit sequence. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this is something I meant to say before the we got into spoilers, but I love the music throughout this entire movie. It's, it's, it's so, so good. good. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the kind of remix of Fives on it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. That song. Yeah. Very no, good. good. Good raps. Good score. Yeah. See, I actually really liked all of the starts and stops. Okay. At the beginning of the film, only because. It was giving you little snapshots of what to expect, and I felt like when a horror movie kind of shows its cards early, mm-hmm. then it's even more terrifying to me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm yeah. starting to pick up on little things that are going to be revealed. Right. When is this coming into play? When Fair. is this coming into play? Mm-hmm. And then once it did like start, start, it got really scary really quickly. Yeah. Like it got. And it kind of doesn't let fast. up. No, and that's once it. it gets scary, it, once it starts to get threatening, at least, right. it kind of doesn't stop. I was surprised, nope. and like I know we're working our way to it, but once we see the the alt family, I was surprised how early it happened. I was like, "Oh, we're we're here, we're, we're doing fucking it. going," which I was into. I yeah, like that absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you do get the the not flashback, but like you said, chronologically, right. it starts off with Adelaide as a young girl at the boardwalk with her family, mm-hmm. um, and then she. Wanders off because her dad's playing whack-a-mole. Yes. And then uh, she wanders whack-a-mole into this. Whack-a-mole person. 
Yes. Oh, God. Oh, bam, 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 We're getting there. We're going to unpack some of these secrets. Tomorrow there's going to be an article on like The Verge or something that's like 10 things you missed in uh, in us and we've gonna, we're going to nail gonna them all. hit them all. They're going to write it after listening to this episode. I hope um, so. So um, she walks into this hall of mirrors. Yes. To find, find yourself. Yes. And that is where she sees herself for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of jumps forward in time from there. So you realize that she kind of struggles with this in a PTSD sort of yeah, way. Yeah. Um she seems normal now, but we keep getting flashbacks of her in like therapy ses- sessions and like her parents are saying how she she's not speaking right now mm-hmm. and they just want her girl back. Right. Right. Yeah, so you're like introduced to, at the very beginning that she is troubled from this early interaction yeah. that she had in her life. Um and then they wind up somehow going back to the same Boardwalk. Yeah. Boardwalk. Well, by the the end of the movie kind of colors the whole movie differently. It does. Which I'm not sure sure how. I'm not saying I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Okay. But we can work our way to it. But Mm -hmm. like, I think that, you know, how much of is, how much of this like happened by coincidence or how much of it is like by design? You know what I mean? So... We're well, spoiler. Maybe we yeah. maybe we start by kind of talking about the end and then walk our way through the movie and maybe that will help us figure out kind of sure or at least talk about it because it's going to be difficult like stepping around the ending until yeah. the end. So. It's just because yeah, yeah. the ending so heavily changes the movie. Correct. Right. So I think it might be something to kind of yes keep in mind. All right. So then, if you're listening along still, you haven't seen the movie yet, and you're not, you're still listening post spoilers. This is your last chance to turn back because we're going to like go into twist mode here. Yes. And then walk our way through the rest of the movie. So last chance. Seriously, go see this, especially if you like Get Out. But if you like horror in general, I would highly recommend going to see this movie. I think you guys are, you would agree, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Loved it. Cool. I mean, even if you listen to this, still go see it because I still think you'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're listening and you haven't seen it yet. Turn this off now so that you can go enjoy yourself better when you go see the movie. Sure. Even sure. if you're scared of horror movies, like like you said, Bernadette, you can do it. You've got a pretty low tolerance, yeah. right, Robbie? You is you. I have well. a low tolerance. Hereditary has given me a thick skin, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you were fucking shook after that one. I was yeah, there. it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Have, this was not yeah. so bad. I have a low tolerance for shocks. I can handle gore. This I can guy, handle this imagery. guy doesn't like jump at you too much. But I thought but. it was going to be way more jumpy, and I think that's what. Made me nervous. You know, I think I think that's maybe my, my favorite thing about more recent horror. You know, kind of the horror renaissance that has happened like in the last several years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is the kind of like is walking away from a lot of the jump scare st- sort of stuff and yes. and more. You know, the psychological using the psychological using metaphor using kind of more real life fears and having and expressing those not so much through like explicit violence or like jump scares. It's more like a creeping dread kind of feeling that, that, that imparts that to you. And I think Mm -hmm. this, there are more like direct kind of shocks and there is, there is definitely violence in it. Although I think the violence is handled pretty tastefully. Like most of the violence is 
cutaways and that it's never like super explicit. Yeah, it's not trying top. to gross you out too much. No, it's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of gore or yeah. grotesque. Which injury. I also kind of like that because like I don't need to see someone try and make me puke from like no, no. guts. You know? Right. And in in some cases, and I think effectively in this movie. Cutting away from what's actually happening is, is more effective than yeah. actually showing explicitly, like, you know, sharp objects going into skin. I yeah. think, you know, ha- being more tasteful with it, 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 it can sometimes give you a better effect than, like, yeah. explicit, like, shock value gore. Not right there with you. That all said, go see this movie. Totally worth your time, even if you're you're scared. Yeah. Bring a friend. Mm. Oh, please yeah. don't talk during the movie. <laughs> even if you're scared. Yeah, we have some chatterboxes. You don't have to, to just just you you'll survive. You don't have to laugh or talk your way through it to get through the horror movie. You'll be fine. It's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You good? This is a drum roll. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Good, good Foley work. So how do we even like interpret the end? Because we might, I don't know if we, I don't even know how I interpret the end. Well, I think that was the thing that I was the most disappointed with. I was hoping they would lean much further into the religion aspect, into the God aspect, mm. into what a soul means. Yeah. Because basically you're told towards the end that there's this other world underground with a bunch of shadow selves. And they learned how to duplicate a body, but not a soul. Mm-hmm. And so all of the people have been tethered their entire lives. These people who are kind of like half sharing a soul with the person who's living topside right. and in the world. Right. right. And how it drove everyone below ground insane. And I wish they would have. It was just starting to get like super fascinating to me. Yeah. And it I was, was like, just, oh gosh, all right, it's over. All right. And we only get it all, like all that stuff we get from like a monologue. You get a, right. a pretty heavy like exposition dump yeah. on that stuff. Just like kind of at the end. And it's like, I almost wish like, don't explain it to me at that point. You know, yeah. like. Agreed. Well, I think they left a lot unsaid even in that explanation. Sure. And you have a little bit of an unreliable narrator dump. kind of thing. Too. Yeah. But it very much is implying that this was because she explicitly says um, this is Adelaide's shadow. Yeah. Who also has a name. Well, her name is Red, but Red. it's yeah. uh, technically the real Adelaide. Yeah. We'll get yes. there. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, well the- so here's the thing. I yeah. think part of what the movie is saying because she was born too. The way I read mm-hmm. this is, what do you would what part of yourself do you consider to be, quote unquote, real? Sure. Right. So I, it's it's getting at this this idea that all these people that were underground were made like they. She says pretty explicitly like people built this. It's some right. experiment gone awry. Like yeah, it's yeah. it would seem like, or she says it's some sort of like corporate experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to make puppets or puppeteer. Well, she said like, they they made the the tethers to, to control, control the, the people that were topside. Okay, mm-hmm. so these are foils to the people topside, and seemingly they have copied every single one. And I think part of the imagery with the rabbits in the cages is like the kind of like a lab rat sort of like yeah. mm-hmm. you know invoking that sort of thing, like mm-hmm. having these like mass produced. Yeah, copies of people in order to control people topside. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of like that's sort of getting into more of like where he's going with this is Jordan Peele is is like the kind of corporate influence over people, you know, yeah. and how people are so heavily influenced by, you know, you know, is it 
because there's not a lot of that to it, though, I think, of like the influence that corporations have on people to influence what they do. In the movie, I don't get a lot of that in there other than what's told to us. I don't think there's a lot of that in the actual text yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Right. So you're reading into it just because it was an experiment. That's where you're getting like, oh, to you, it read super heavily corporate and influence. And- no, I guess okay. what I'm saying is she says those words out loud in the exposition dump, but I don't think there's a lot of like support to that mm-hmm. in the rest of the work itself. Right. There's not a lot of like, you know, explicit like, oh, you're, I mean, besides like the daughter who's on her phone. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like, yes. oh, you know, you know, we're all being influenced to do this, that, and the other thing because of like a yeah. corporate influence, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's a theme to explore. But I don't know if so much the movie is like actually unpacking that. I think yeah. it's more, I would read it more still as like the introspective kind of like reflection of yourself. Like yes. this is a different part of yourself, but how, and that's where you're going with who is the real Adelaide, I think. Right. right. Or people always wrestle with the issue of I have a body, but am I of my body or is my body just a vessel for who I am? Right. And get out right. wrestles with those themes as well. What makes you, you sure. Can you be transferred from a body to another body? Right. Mm-hmm. And so it is dealing with, well, okay. If you have two bodies that house one soul split in twain, Mm-hmm. Who gets, you know, the the heavy metaphysical part of it mm-hmm. and who gets just like, I'm in the body and I'm controlling it because I'm yeah. seen, right. essentially. Have you guys ever heard that that theoretical problem of if you're able to, if you're in your body, mm. a clone of yourself is made exactly the same as you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take half of your brain and you have to make assumptions that this is possible, right? Sure. You take half of your brain out of your head and swap it with the mirrored half in the clone of you mm-hmm. where are you who's in the driver's seat yeah mm-hmm. right it's like the idea of like um if you ever wanted to like put your consciousness in the in the ai or like in a robo body mm-hmm. it may act and sound and talk like you but did your soul transfer over is it really you you know right. what i mean right assuming that's like that's more of a way for me to contextualize it. But yeah. Sure, that's another way to think of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that case, it is a, a reproduction of you. Yeah. So is it really... It's not really you. Right. The lights are on in here. It's a If you turn those yeah. lights off, that's you. I mean, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. You guys saw The Prestige, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The idea of, like, you know, you photocopy yourself so many times, like, who who left in the tank? You know? Right. it's You're not the same... Who are you... Killing. Who are you at this point? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe the world is just going through a universal midlife crisis because I feel like we've had like Westworld recently. Yeah. We've had Blade Runner 2049 recently. All of these things wrestling with kind of the same thing in different yeah. facets. I think we need to, I think to understand what concretely the movie is trying to say thematically, we have to kind of maybe really start analyzing the vernacular of what, like, what is what is the words that they use that's being said? Mm-hmm. Right. Tether. Mm-hmm. She has a line where she says, we're Americans. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty explicit. So we got tether, Americans, shadow. Any any other, like, buzzy words, any popcorns that come from that that you guys can think of? Maybe as we keep going, those are the yeah. ones that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. The, I, the line yeah. where she said, we're Americans. I think that's a big one. That was a very. It was kind of weird. 
It was weird. Yes. It was delivered very like look into the, the audience eyes yeah. and say it out loud mm-hmm. kind of thing. Go ahead, Bernadette. I'm excited to see oh, what yes. you're, where so, you're going with this. There's a Bible quote that's ah, seen yes. on a cardboard sign at the very beginning of the movie when young Adelaide is at the carnival and she passes him. And it's Jeremiah 11, 11. And it's therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So kind of similar to Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. It's kind of an apocalyptic vibe. Yeah. Like, well, sin is begot into the world Mm -hmm. and you just kind of have to cope with it, essentially. Like, evil exists. So in that way, I mean, yeah, they they explicitly reference the the eleven eleven verse there. So, hmm. I mean, what's your take um, on that? Well, Re- and I'm sorry. What's her name again? The main character, Ad- Ad- Adelaide. Adelaide. Mm-hmm. I mean, she seems to be the engineer of this kind of. It, it's it, it's apocalyptic in a way. I mean, the streets are riddled with bodies. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. That's kind of the big twist that you don't really get from the trailer. First of all, did you th- did either of you guys think that's where this was going to go? Hell to the motherfucking no. Because we, I very distinctly remember us saying during the trailer, like, man, it seems like they're giving a lot away, huh? Yeah. And uh, little no. did you know. Yeah. I-, I will say that at the beginning of the film, when the parents are going to the therapist with their daughter and they're saying, she's not talking, we just want our girl back. I was like, ooh, they switched. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got that vibe very early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I had no idea until they go to Kitty's house and Tim Heidecker's house. And I was like, oh, there are copies of everyone. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, misdirection well, they, in a way as the well. First, yeah. The first one that they show, when you see the second copies, it's like, oh, fuck. And it was already fun because that couple has a set of twins. And you're like, oh, gosh. Twins yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Quadtuplets. Well, there's a line. There's too yeah, many twins. Too many twins. Too many twins. Yeah. So, so we so we, we haven't said that explicitly yet, but they swapped. They swapped. That's, that's, that's the, the final big twist. twist that yeah. they swapped. Yeah. So uh, that's where the kind of the idea of the self really comes into play for me because my immediate thought after you know when they show them driving away in the car and Adelaide looks at her son and her son kind Jason, of figured it out and her son's like looking at her like oh fuck. I've seen you do some things. But here's the thing. That's his mom. The whole time. It's his mom. Yeah. It's always, even if she was the one that originally was in the the, uh, the tunnels, the underground, she is still the one that gave birth to him and raised him and married his father. And that's still her. Yeah. And it kind of shows to the greater point that like the people down below are not different at all from us they were just not giving it a chance nature versus nurture kind of you yes. know like they just are brought up a different way what i don't some of the other things that confuse me is the tethering like the people below when we get the scene that's the reveal of the switch yes we learn that the people down below are directly pantomiming the people above mm-hmm. but at what point does that break and reconnect because we also have another scene where the sun backs up and that's how he kind of kills his double where he like they mirror themselves and he walks his double into the fire so like what confused me is like at what point do you like reconnect and do that and what point do you disconnect 
Mm-hmm. You guys know what I mean? Like that's so mm-hmm. I think there's I think it's a loose connection because obviously, and I think and we, uh, Eleanor and I were talking about this on the ride over mm-hmm. back here. You were talking about the movie, yeah, a little that's tiny right. bit, <gasps> a little tiny bit. <laughs> but she brought up the same question, right? And I, I, what I think happened there explicitly with those two is because they had time like face to face time the son jason realized like that his his tether was mimicking him and i think he kind of came into the realization that like oh if i like kind of put my mind to this he'll he'll want to copy what i'm doing so do you think in that moment lupita nyong'o's character was like when she was saying no don't do it she didn't want Pluto to die. Right. Right? Is yeah, that how we like recontextualize that? Yeah, but at the same time, Pluto is not her son. No. She knows, I guess, that they're tethered. Mm-hmm. I think she wants the life that she has made for herself because she worked so hard for it. But I right. don't think she wants... So she's has a level of self-preservation and preservation for her family. Mm-hmm. But I think the less death Maybe the better? I'm not sure. Because, yeah, some characters, she's very easy. I don't know. She seems easy really down to, to murder some, other some of the other ones. Yeah. But then that one specifically, yeah, she seemed like she really didn't Well, because at first you, you think that she's saying, don't light the match, don't light the car fire. But at that point, you're like, the family's out of the car. Like, right. They're, they're safe. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So. Or maybe she thinks, no, don't do it because by watching you back up into the flame, I'm going to be distracted. And I know that my doppelganger is going to nab my son. I don't know. I mean, that's what happens, right? Right. Yeah, it's hard to say. And then, like, you know, I think the overall kind of, like, again, like, we realize that, you know, so, uh, fuck her name. Her name's weird. Adelaide. 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 Robbie. Adelaide. You should watch Over the Garden Wall because there's a character named Adelaide. Named Adelaide. Okay. Well, Adelaide of the Forest. I've never heard of the name before. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Adelaide, like... You know, she's red for all intents and purposes. She's like the, the one that we know is red, and then Finkel is Einhorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so why can't well, she? Why does she talk weird? That's my one of my questions. I, I interpreted that as because she was like, choked. She, oh, as a child, I'm sure her vocal cords were. That's injured. how you read that. What was that? That's how you read that. Yeah, well, yeah. because she the little she girl like broke her windpipe or something. Yeah, the like double that. like choked her in oh, the. Merlin's whatever mm-hmm. before she dragged her down and handcuffed her to the bed and uh-huh. left her. And she would have no, never had any medical attention, right? I guess. Yeah. Okay. That was okay. My I'll buy that. I mean, I was thinking of it more of like the. Um, I guess it's, that still plays into it. I didn't even think about it that way because, like, she. Because she might not have anyone. When she's to in talk therapy, to. they're like she, she had can't, no one she to can't talk. talk. To. Um. So I thought it was like a tethering effect of like she can't speak in therapy. They're like we just want her to talk again. Blah blah blah. But clearly she learned how to talk. She figured it right. out. And she does it just fine, yeah. Yeah. Now, my interpretation of why some of the tethers could act in a way that was different from their up-top mm-hmm. counterparts is that they made a big deal at the end that Adelaide, down below, was a dancer, and she danced. And that's when everyone saw her as a messiah. So I'm wondering, and she said it took years for them to plan this. Yeah. If she essentially taught a lot of the tethered to dance, and that's kind of how they broke free, 
of their upside counterparts. I mean, she definitely seemed, seemed in control. Yeah, because it yeah. seemed like a lot of the times that the the tethered were in control of their bodies and mm-hmm. were able to be more lithe and ready to kill. There were a lot of dance elements involved. Yeah, they moved around kind of Or like manipulations of their oddly. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that was the training that they were doing for years when mm-hmm. they were trying to figure out this plan. Preparing them. Kind of like breaking them free. Because you could tell they were all like jittery and kind of like they were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Glitching. When they yeah, down some below of them for sure. Before mm-hmm. they learned how to train their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they didn't really have any control. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's one way to look at it. But then what's like. What is her motivation for trying to free the underground? Because she's not from them. She's not one of them. She's one of the above people. She's an outsider. I think it's maybe the greatest sign of empathy. Yeah. It's just, she's just that. She learned as a and little I mean, she, girl. She's became, accepted by She became them. one of them after True. a True. long period of time. But then, you know, it just... And then Adelaide above ground when you know the this home invasion begins and she's afraid and she's afraid of her son running away it doesn't track as well if she escaped she's afraid when her son is running away and leaving the beach and she can't find him yeah it tracks better that she's like that's what happened to me that's when i saw my double and i was freaked out and then when she's even explaining to winston duke's character like i saw a double it was just like me and it freaked me out, you know? It doesn't track as well if it's like she is so aware that she's like the underground. Right. I think she it tracks knows. better. You think so? Okay. Yeah, because Sell I think she might be afraid of going back. Yeah. Going back, yeah. yeah. That everything she's gained is going to be stolen from her because she severely wronged mm-hmm. the topsider when she I guess, was little. And it makes this the scene when she talks to Elizabeth Moth. Moss on the beach, where she's like, I don't like talking to people. I don't like talking. She's like, well, she's like, I'm not like good at it. Yeah. And you think it's because she's like a little bit on edge of being back at that place, but it could also be she's like, well, I'm not super good at talking to people in I think general. Or, you know? Fuck this white bitch. Well, she's also like, fuck this yeah. white bitch. I can't identify with your problems. Uh, yeah, because they're like rich kind of. They were pretty yeah. vapid. Yeah. Right. When she like just shows her the magazine, she's like, isn't that so beautiful? It's like whatever. Like, I don't Who give a fucking shit. Cares? Or she's like, look what I did. And then, like, I don't know what she did. She, like, got some procedure done. Uh, that was she, such like, a such good shade feet. where she's like, yeah. yeah, you look the same as last year. <laughs> and she, she's like, that's the point. She's like, yeah. thank you. And you're yeah. like, no, nah, I'm, I'm trying to bite you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really good portrayal of just, like, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. being anxious about being in a place like the fucking beach if you're not Into super, if you have some sort of social anxiety of just, like, it's loud here. There are so many people. There's yeah. so much stimulation. I don't like this at mm-hmm. all. I thought that was like a good. And I thought it was maybe kind of more so where they were going. I think it touches on a lot of things. And it doesn't go all the way down. I guess it's a kind of similar to like the corporate aspect of it as well. Yeah. Like it touches a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it's not super explicitly like this is the metaphor we're trying to make, mm-hmm. which I guess could either be you could see that as like a, a stronger part of the movie or or yeah. less so. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you like. Get out is phenomenal. Get out is very focused yes. in the allegory that it's portraying. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is trying to like spider out into more. It covers a little more ground. Yeah, yeah. I think it's maybe more nuanced, but also less clear, less direct. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, I'm definitely okay with a movie that's like not trying to like you know have the audience 
get it on the first try, you right. know, like that's, that's fine. Right. You know, it, movies are totally allowed to do that. And, and it's also allowed to be movie. different than get out. It's allowed to like, he, Absolutely. you know, Jordan Peele is allowed to n- not just make <clears throat> get out again. Yeah. And right. I don't think, I, I don't think that's what this is at all. Mm-mm. No, there's a lot of uh, things that harken back to it. Like the sunken place mm-hmm. and seeing Adelaide towards the end of the movie descend deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part was very cool. And I loved the use of the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Went up the water spout, mm-hmm. down came the rain and washed the spider out. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. And then the spider eventually comes back up Yeah, the, wa- the water spout at the end of the song. So I liked that. There were lots of things, I agree, that were kind of like nice, beautiful little touches. It was more of like an opera or like a musical. Yeah. In that sense where they were like, oh, if you like this, this is great. Oh, if you like this, this is great. Yeah. But it is a little bit looser and not as concrete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I liked how uh, in the first act, especially, they used synchronicities as a way to start like throwing you off a little bit. And then mm-hmm. eventually Adelaide does draw attention to it herself. But like all those little tiny coincidences mm-hmm. are, you know, the idea of synchronicities is kind of like inherently attached to paranormal uh, activity and like kind of just strange happenings yeah. um, or extra normal activity rather. Um, so I thought that was really cool that the, it, like in the first act of a horror movie to use that kind of stuff as like build up to build tension and make you unsettled. Mm-hmm. And I also liked in the first, the very beginning, um, I mentioned this a little bit on our like on our um, uh, favorites podcast, mm-hmm. but the idea of horror especially but lots of different kinds of genres of movie but in the context of like hereditary and mandy last Mm -hmm. year the idea of horror using kind of like a trance like state almost to get you into a a place where you're more vulnerable which is what makes me all the more mad when people start talking during horror movies it's breaking Mm -hmm. the trance it's breaking the trance and the first like five to ten minutes of this movie we talked about how slow the intro is Mm -hmm. but like the beginning of the movie starts with the um what do they call the production company now monkey uh, paw monkey yeah. paw and it's the t and then and that d- directly goes into the just the sound of like the ocean and it's this very like kind of like slow repetitive like yeah. gets you into that kind of state to like get you into kind of a trance like state to then like have you be a little more open and more manipulable to horror yeah i think it's cool so I'm definitely not an expert on this subject at all, but I watched this show called The Affair on Showtime, and one of the characters is training to become a therapist and dealing with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And one of their practices that they do to help patients get to a point where they're comfortable talking mm-hmm. about something is they'll say, all right, close your eyes, imagine a scene, tell me that scene. Mm-hmm. And then they snap and they say, where are you now? Okay. And then they kind of do it again, and then they snap and they say, where are you now? Mm-hmm. Trying to get you to like lock into like deeper and deeper emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the beginning of this movie, with how short all of these introductory scenes are, I felt very much like, ooh, they're kind of like nailing this whole PTSD therapy thing. Because mm-hmm. ah, okay. it's like all of a sudden they're like snapping you out of it and saying like, all right, we're in a different place now. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. And I thought that was very cool. Yeah, and it's a, a subtle and uh, and like way of kind of playing with your state of mind as you go in to watch a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that kind of, um, um, I've lost the word. Um, 
when you're not completely aware of something, it starts with an S. Oh, like a subconscious? Subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another... Like uh, uh, subliminal. Subliminal. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> Don't know yeah, why that wasn't. Nah, nah, it's, it's, okay. it's a Friday evening. I'm a little burnt out. But yeah, uh, yeah that kind of like subliminal ways that film can kind of get you into that place, you know, is is interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when you apply it to horror. Definitely. Yeah, well, I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely had experiences when I was a child where I wandered somewhere and I shouldn't have been there. And... Yeah. Nothing like this. Yeah, and then but... you're a doppelganger. And I'm a different and person now. Yeah. Where's the real Bernadette? <laughs> but yeah. I well, think... you are the real Bernadette. We know, we've I, known I also I mean, is, that, is that not the point of the movie? Yes. I'm yeah, the only one for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, one scene I was confused by, maybe you guys. This is like more of just like a concrete, not, not like a hard question. She's in the scene when they're in the house and they get like home invaded. And she is handcuffed to the table. Mm-hmm. How does she get unhandcuffed from the table? Oh, she She's, she gets she uses a lever. She like crowbars it. She oh, breaks it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she, she does breaks, end up grabbing the thing. So she breaks. She gets the, the other thing one. with her foot. Mm-hmm. Did you fall asleep for a second? I just don't remember that. I just remember one scene. She was like reaching for the thing. Yeah. And I don't remember seeing her get unstuck. It's very, quick. very explicitly shows her grab the fire poker. Put it through okay, the cool. arm of the table and then wedge it to break it. the like middle part. Right. I must have thought, missed that part for a second. Yeah. yeah. At first yeah. I thought she was gonna like attempt to saw through it. I was like, that's gonna take forever. And then she Don't goes, do it. <laughs> yeah. And then cool. I was like, oh, okay, Got cool. it. Yeah. That, that's why that was like a thing I just missed. Mm-hmm. Uh it's so I know like in the context of where it goes, like you kind of know why a little bit more, but it's so refreshing to see Adelaide be so capable the whole time. She even explicitly says to her husband, like, you don't get to make the decisions anymore. Yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. And then she just fucking goes in. Yeah. I mean, now it, I guess it, it, it makes more sense why she almost has, like, a superhuman-like ability to to uh, be a badass. But I mean, I think she, she just has more to lose. Because yeah, yes. she does not want her family to know that she's one of these people. Right. She doesn't want anyone to know. Right. And, you know, now I'm, – because now I'm trying to, like, backtrack to the movie and be like – are there anything that gives this away before the twist actually happens? Like, what are the seeds that are there? Right. And I think the first giveaway is like when she, uh, or the first giveaway that I can remember is when she um, kills the twin who gets back up. And remember when she stabs him with the scissors and she makes that weird, like, almost like clicky noise that they, mm-hmm. like, make? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, and her daughter sees and her daughter's like, what's up? And then you, <laughs> and they just kind of go and you're like, that was weird. Maybe that was just like a primal, like, Killing someone, you get weird, you know. But then yeah. it kind of makes more sense that. Mm-hmm. Well, and she was making thing. those sounds when she finally killed Red right. in the subway. Like she started making the growly sounds. sounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, I. That's where I was really like, okay, is this a swap? Is this? Is there when you kill your own tether? Is there something that happens? But, but then, it wouldn't make sense because right. the other one. I was thinking the same. Well. I was in the same headspace as well. Yeah, yeah, trying to figure it out. Because also. That scene where they're in the house and the husband says, like, hey, we're safe here. Like, we're safer here than anywhere. Let's stay. And she was like, no, they're us. They know what we're going to do. We have to run. Yeah. And to me, I was like, it's because you're her. (laughs) Like, you get it. Right. You understand what's happening But she did wind up going straight back to where it started. Right. Well, she knew how to get there. Right. You know, that was the thing. Well, they knew how to get there because they went to the beach before. Well, she knew how to go underground. Yeah. Right. Through the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. Because, like, that was another thing, because this is before the reveal happened. I'm like, 
How oh, she, she just she just figured story? it out. Yeah, and yeah. then it was like, oh, because she knew, right? You know. Yeah. At the same time, with Red being in the the underground, mm-hmm. it's just a it's just an, a down escalator. I mean, I know it's not the easiest thing to get up, but they figured go, it out. I mean, they, they all figured it out eventually. Right. I guess, like you know. But she spent ostensibly her entire life down there. Right. I mean, she's a little girl and she's confused. Well, because a person upside would never come to that escalator, maybe no one would come to the bottom of the escalator. You know what I mean? Like the mirroring wasn't happening. That's my point. It's just, yeah. why didn't she just go back up? Because she's the real oh, I see what top side Adelaide yeah, at least. the end. Right. Just after she gets brought down there. Mm-hmm. Like she's handcuffed for a while, but she sure. gets out of there eventually, clearly, because yeah. she stages this uprising. But and she might have been blacked just... out maybe when they took her down the escalator, when she took her down the escalator. So she doesn't mm. realize. But yeah, you would think she would be always searching. I mean, she was only out. gone for a matter of minutes. Right. So how deep could she have really brought her inside those tunnels? That yeah, she that's couldn't... another thing too. They're like she's she was gone for fifteen minutes, and like maybe that could have been an exaggeration because like the dad was like kind of drunk. Yeah, you and know. he didn't want to get in. It was more only trouble. fifteen minutes. What, yeah, do you want from what are you me? talking about? Woman. So maybe right. that I don't know. There um, are a lot of there are I, a lot of things that I'm willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt because I liked yeah. I liked the movie and the suspension of disbelief but mm-hmm. there there's it's twofold I think there's a lot of interesting things to unpack but there's also a lot of questions that kind of become like I think the movie is so committed to like keeping the illusion of like the twist like before the twist yeah that like it almost uh, I, I don't know it, it's 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 kind of like a double edged sword because it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't you don't want the movie to show its hand too early but like the movie's so committed to the lie mm-hmm. that like now we have to you know we're backtracking the movie it's just like it's such a jarring twist yeah it's so insane that it's like is this We're even about the swap? is this the swap it's like is this even believable is it is it that much of a jarring twist well in the sense that it recontextualizes the, the entire whole film yeah. and then it makes you reconsider what you've seen yeah so I understand what you're getting at yeah. for sure. I'm sure rewatching it, which is like probably the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we will to, and, for sure. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's like one of those movies where like you know I like I know I like the movie. I I'd imagine I'd like it even more the more I'd see it. You know? Oh, definitely. But, uh, and you know, we're really just trying to get at the deeper themes. But like, as far as enjoying this, or watching fun. this movie, it's fun. Really mm-hmm. great to watch. Like yeah. the horror aspects of it. Really fun, it's very well funny. done, very tense, yeah. and then yeah, there's there's a lot of great humor in there as mm-hmm. well, and all the performances and the music, it looks great. Like boom, 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 checked it list all the way yeah. down. Great. I have a quick question for you guys, mm. and maybe I'll throw it to Eleanor too if we don't know. But Who's that? that? <laughs> Who oh, that? Eleanor's here. <laughs> she uh, refuses to get on the mic with us. She's invited to be clear to our audience because <laughs> I know she's probably a fan favorite from the Fighting with My Family Absolutely. podcast. She does not believe me, so. Uh, that the ballet where Adelaide uh, from Topside who got swapped with Red, uh, the child, says that that's when she broke is when she danced mm-hmm. and she danced a ballet. I believe it was the end of the Nutcracker Suite. But I tried to look it up online, like, what's the ballet used in yeah. in Us? And no one's posting about it yet, which right. is great. It's pretty early. But yeah. um, I think it was the end of the Nutcracker. And that kind of fits with the same themes if it was, because the end of the Nutcracker is the young girl mm. who's kind of been in this, like, dreamland with this Nutcracker prince is starting to wake up. Yeah. 
uh, Christmas morning or okay. the day after Christmas. And she's wondering, like, what did I experience? Was mm-hmm. that whole thing a dream? And she's right. kind of snapping back into reality. And so if, if that was what I think it was, that's very cool that that was like her snap of like, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the one line um, where Topside Adelaide uh, is talking to Elizabeth Moss on the beach and they're talking about her. She used to be a dancer. She's like, well, she like grabs her leg. She's like, I tapped out at 14. I peaked at 14. I peaked at 14. How cool is that? That has to tie into something, right? Oh, yeah, because it's probably when Underground Adelaide, the one that we see OG, you know, at the beginning, uh, when she's like starting to take control. Mm-hmm. Of both the bodies. She was like, all right. I'm going to do this. I got yeah. it. So, yeah, it was very cool that mm-hmm. Red was like, I peaked. Right. In the moment, I thought she meant just like that's Big when she started to develop. Because her legs are so strong. Yeah. She does not have dance. Well, I guess that is kind of a dance. I don't know. Do right. dancers need like thin legs? Because her legs just look like she's a sprinter. She <laughs> right. looks strong uh, as fuck. I think like, well... I think ballerinas like have like specific body types. If you start at an early age, you just kind of develop a certain way. But even that's probably I, mean, what, I, I am not a scientist of ballerina body. What the movie wanted you to think yeah. in that moment to like dismiss it a little bit as well, like, yeah. oh yeah, I tapped out at fourteen. Well, most I people just, like you know most type. like you know I think young people even if it's like a, an allegory for a boy who did baseball, you know sometimes you stop at a certain age. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, you know, that do things as a kid, you hit puberty, and that and decides like, whether done. that decides whether you have the the you mature into the body type to continue doing that or yeah. not. Right. Whether it's football or ballet, yeah, right. And that's also a funny aspect of her and her husband basically training her daughter to be a runner, like almost like. You're yeah. going to have to run someday yeah, for your yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you better be fast. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. So then, like, if the upside people have, like, babies and things like that, it affects the downside people. The downside, yeah. Where they don't have medical the care. Under- well, yeah, and they right. get all fucked up. Right, yeah. because there's no one, like, they don't. Yeah, what happened to the, like, they were aban- body? They were abandoned, abandoned, is the line that she says. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they were, they're, they're just left to be tethered to, you know, yeah. up top, but they had, there's no sense of order. There's no structure. There's no mm-hmm. support, nothing like that. So they want to make this like line. a lot of scissors, clearly a lot of, well, yeah, a lot to, of to, you know, <laughs> I think that was really cool. Like that being the reason why they're all, they're like weapon of choices. Scissors yeah. is like cutting the tether that that was very cool. i mean i think right, like yeah. the, the first major twist or maybe it's not even a twist it's just not implied in the trailer is that this is a worldwide epidemic it's much bigger than like you know because the trailer kind of sets it up as like it's just the family it's you know yeah. maybe a home invasion movie for most of it for all we know yeah which i was already i was like i'm on board for that so the fact that it kind of like unfolds into this greater you know absurdist surreal kind of twist is is very cool Mm -hmm. and i like that a lot makes me think of another movie that i almost don't even want to say out loud because that gives it away oh but i'll tell you guys off mic yeah yeah, we'll we'll talk about it yeah yeah it's a movie i wrote an article about put it that way so Hmm. anyway Hmm. (laughs) yeah but yeah uh that scene because you should be able to laugh if you find it funny don't do it to like try to take yourself out of the trance, but that scene where Tim Heidecker is on the boat, 
is on the boat. And he's like, ah! No, that's <laughs> meant to be funny. That's meant oh, to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which course. is what I was getting at so in the, funny. before the spoilers. Yeah. Like, there are moments of levity even in the, like, very the tense horror yeah. scenes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There are also times where our audience was laughing at not funny, explicitly right. not funny parts. Yeah. Right. That's so breaking the trance. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But uh, yeah, that that's yeah, kind of Tim Heinecker's physical comedy in that Kelly's scene so is where he's just like, <laughs> kind of hands up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Get him in more real movies. Eric as well. Get the both of those. Yeah. Well, Eric's a foodie. Down. He's doing like he's know, like making his own fucking know, wine, making his own wine yeah. and stuff. But clearly, like he's I'll able to act as well. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, like I don't he, think there's going to be a Master of None season three anytime soon. No, there is going um, to be a Master of None. Is there season really? Three. Yeah. Have they set a release date? Uh, I pretty sure I read that it was being filmed. So we'll see how self-aware of what uh, happened it is. That's <laughs> what I will say. There's actually a pretty good article that I saw recently to go totally off topic. Yeah. I think it was on Vox, mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, one of their writers on staff had gone to see his new like. He did live stand-up. stand-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said that he addressed it directly, directly his allegations. Yeah. And was, like, moving in the direction of, like, being aware of those kinds of things um, mm-hmm. and, like, being aware of how he fits within the Me Too movement and how his kind of, yeah. like, what his situation. Yeah. Uh, and the situation of Grace, the writer who, like, wrote that that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the original puzzle piece. Yeah, how that can be a greater lesson to like the core of like relationships and, and stuff everyone. like that. Yeah, yeah. and everyone. It's and better I think, than being Lucy K. Who's like, I'm an alt right comic. Yeah, now. I wave my dick around, and now I'm like, yeah, yeah now I like, cater to like Republican comic. comic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like to realize to like actually have a moment of self awareness. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think Master of None is completely suited to that because oh, it yes. already started to go down that route in other ways. Yeah, the only oh, danger is 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 it feeling genuine. Just you know? fucking do it right, man. Yeah, you gotta do it right. It's hard. I mean, you know, anyway. people are gonna be critical of it no matter what. And they oh, have, sure. They have the right to be. Totally. Yeah. And I like there so far I don't think that Aziz Ansari has handled his situation very well because I for one so. he didn't I don't think he he did not apologize. His statement was not an explicit apology. Yeah. I think he had apologized to her in the past once it was yes, brought to his attention. But in that situation he needs to make a public I'm sorry what I did was wrong. Yeah. I Even don't know if we he didn't, didn't do it, though, I don't know for sure. I'm going yeah. off of his public apology because right, I did right, read right. his pub, his pub, or his public statement rather. And okay. That's part of my point is he's still not like I was wrong. I did mm. this wrong. Right. Here's what I'm trying to do to do better. Sure. Even if he didn't realize what he was doing was wrong in the moment. Yeah. Reflecting and realizing I was wrong in the moment. Here's what I'm doing to do better. That's yeah. what he needs to bring up on a show. Sure. Anyway, that's I a just wild. Done the that's a tangent, wild but tangent. like you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, wild tangent that I have not had the opportunity to speak on. <laughs> we can have a whole other podcast. Yeah, for yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a whole other thing. Uh, but no, I'm here for it. Um, I'm trying to think of like the movie's cool because it just it's it's a whirlwind. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat because it's coming out at a time where the Twilight Zone is going to. Be starting. Yeah. And it, it kind of felt like a Twilight Zone episode. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. But in Absolutely. very clearly like a movie format. It yeah. didn't feel like watching an episode of a show, 
but it felt like it had the same themes of what the Twilight Zone is all about. Yeah, which right. was cool. It was like a precursor. It was like a little taste. I mean, like I think it has. Um, I agree, and I think it also like you know the movie. The reason I say it's kind of like Get Out with a budget is just because I think Get Out kind of has a similar vibe where yeah. there's this mystery you're very unsure of what's happening and then the twist is that it's like kind of based in like medical science like wow. folk like not real medical yeah, pseudoscience sure. you know or mm-hmm. like you know it's like it's the you know it, it's like grounded surrealism mm-hmm. like you know there's no like what even like mechanism to create all these clones or tethered humans could even exist but you don't that see very open. it's and yeah and there's yeah. no like you know you don't see the machine you don't see what the mechanism is mm-hmm. it's very cool i think yeah mm-hmm. and um and i think like get out kind of like operates in a very similar fashion to a movie like um us but us is just kind of like on a bigger literal scale mm-hmm. yeah you go to more locations yeah you see more bigger shots there's mm-hmm. more stunts so to speak you yeah know, it's just like the, the same uh, craft and skill set is there, but it's just, you know, he's kind of flexing a little bit harder in this movie. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's what makes us perhaps even more terrifying than Get Out is that Get Out, it seems like the problem is solved. Like they, he, gets, they kinda, he gets away. He gets yeah. out. <laughs> he burns all that of, shit down. A lot yeah. of things end. Yeah. Here, it's very much like that Jeremiah eleven eleven quote mm-hmm. where it's like evil is born into the world. And there's really nothing to do. I'm not yeah. coming to your call because at the end of the movie, you're kind of like, oh my God. Well, like, in, in a way, do? like, you know, yeah. what uh, is happening? Adelaide is, is the problem in a sense, you know, like she, mm-hmm. she is this above dweller who has killed all of these underground people who I don't advocate what they're doing necessarily, but like, you know, kind of, you know, makes both. You know, the top-down people and, and the above-ground people both look kind of shitty mm-hmm. in a way. I don't think radical yeah. violence is a way to solve anything. Uh, she's explicitly self-defense in that moment, even though she is the one who yeah. cast the first stone decades prior. Sure, yeah. Well, it's kind of like the reverse uh, of the allegory of Plato's The Cave, mm-hmm. where people who were born in the cave had only seen shadows. That's what they think is real. Yeah. And then once they get out of the cave, they don't believe anything is real because it's not what they know to be real. Right. Mm. And she's kind of like the survivor of that story. Right. Like yeah. she gets that's out of the cave. That's a very good point. Yeah, no, I, that's, a, that's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's cool. It's like a modern take on this very philosophical question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I neat. guarantee you we're T minus any time now until that think piece comes out. So hurry up and write it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I said it tonight and I yeah. feel good. Well, that's, <laughs> that's that's why I enjoyed so much about uh, our discussion when we saw Get Out yeah. and did a hot take. And that's why I'm glad that we do this format for this podcast because it really gives us an opportunity to like sit down and unpack all this the right edge. away. Yeah, And we have not had any time to read anything online about this. Mm-hmm. We have not had any yeah. time to think about this on our own or talk about this or have any, like we are really unpacking this in real time. And I think Jordan Peele's movies are so well yeah. suited to that because there is a lot to unpack. I think oh, a lot absolutely. of people are not going to like this movie because not a lot of it's on the surface. No, definitely right. not. And yeah. I think it w- is, I think it's less, it's still a very enjoyable movie, but the mystery to it is a lot less accessible than Get, Get Out, Out. Because a yeah, Get Out is, right. I think, a more direct allegory, a more direct 
what it's doing is a little bit more straightforward. This is very open-ended. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, ambiguity to it um, that, like you said, I think a lot of people are, might not want to yeah. dive into it. I've heard people call it a B-tier horror movie already. I'm like, yeah, I guess you didn't fucking watch it. I don't know. Dude, like, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's or, doing what it does masterclass. Exactly. Like. Or that they will like it, but they won't understand how much more they could like it. Yeah, for sure. They'll like it very much on the surface. I think some people, they don't want to rewatch movies, you know? I, or just really like, dwell on Or them. even think about it, yeah. It's yeah. just like, that's kind of what, that's like what the art form is a lot of the time, you know? It's, there's, yeah. There's a there's always a danger to sound pretentious when you respond to something like that mm-hmm. with, oh, you didn't get it. Yeah. But I think there is, there is a, you know, there's something to be said about movies like this where it's not immediately apparent what's going on. And a lot of people will react to that in the way that, oh, what this movie's not clear enough in what it's doing. Like, it's yeah. the movie's fault. It's doing, it's not doing this right because I didn't get it. I didn't mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. these things aren't clear to me where that might very much be the intention. I think that is the intention of this movie. Right. Is to be more open-ended and be more nebulous. But that's just not everybody's preference. Right. I mean, there's something to be said of the beauty of film that it's such an accessible art form and so many people enjoy going to the movies. Yeah. But I think what is lost most of the time is that it is art. A lot of people aren't going to go to galleries unless they're into galleries. Sure. Tons of people will go and see a movie and not consider it the same as going to a gallery. I'm also sure there are movies that I've seen where I may have not been super into, but if I were to have watched it again, I would have gotten more out of it. But Mm -hmm. I, but I don't want to put in the time and that's on me. And like, I can admit that, you know, there are certain forms of media where it's just like, Oh, well, did you like rewatch it again? Or you watch again with this lens? And for me, it's just like, I just wasn't as into it the first time. I'm just not going to be into it. It's kind of a shame in some cases, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's how you want to spend your time doing the thing. But that said, even on but that But don't leave level, this movie and be like, it sucks. Because that is just wrong, you know? Well, yeah, I mean... Or that it wasn't as good as Get Out. Sure, like, yeah. yeah that's it's, a sh- it's a shallow interpretation. It's, it's hard to objectively say that anything sucks. Also true. Right. Especially if you're trying to talk to Mike Burge about it, because he loves even the trashiest. He was defending <laughs> Jurassic World 2 the other day. My goodness gracious. <laughs> but, well, but I mean, it is still a matter of perspective, you know? Yeah, and I, um, yeah. I, and I, I'm not I'm aware of that. But I think by that metric, like, this movie works even from, like, the most baseline, like... It's like what you said. It checks it all the boxes. Was it a fun movie yeah. or not? Like... The soundtrack kicks ass. All the performances mm-hmm. are great. It's funny as fuck. It can be scary at times. There's some cool like action in there. Like, whoa, what, what is it? What is it not for? doing for you? You know. <laughs> Sorry, Bernadette. I, I, oh I, no, no, no. Go ahead. It was just like a shameless plug for myself. So. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I recently wrote this article called "Pigs, Pageants, and Pregnancy," and I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about son-in-law and now and then, and I know what you did last summer. And talking about how every movie serves a purpose, even if another person says it sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like those movies are not highbrow movies at all. Yeah. But they're still, they served a purpose in my life at that time. And so I, I love them for it. So yeah, especially like this movie, I hope that. If a young child sees this movie, and I hope a young child doesn't yeah, see this hope movie. Me. I, hope <laughs> <a long time. laughs> I hope if they end up seeing this movie, yes. at some point that yeah, like even if it doesn't speak to them on a deeper surface level, mm. then maybe they'll just enjoy it because it's such a great flip just to watch. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, I definitely, even like us like talking about it, I like it more. Mm-hmm. Again, the point of hot takes, and it's not the first time that's happened. No. I might even like... It won't be the last. It won't be the last. It made me like Hereditary, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even though it's like even, quiet for a half Even hour. Mother you came around on, even though under Ish. your breath... <laughs> Under your breath, you said, I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie like yeah. 10 times. Well, I'm sure I'll be doing the same thing when uh, su- summer. Midsummer. Midsummer comes out, and I'm just going to be really. Oh, I can't I'm wait. so looking oh, forward to that. I, I can handle Robbie. it. There's a lot I to can't. come this year. We got a new Ari Aster movie this year. We got a new Robert Eggers movie this year. Mm-hmm. Dragged Across C- uh, Concrete, the new uh, S. Craig Zoller movie coming out on VOD today. Yeah, no, I never really Aww. liked sleep anyway, so yeah. I'll just get less. <laughs> I was never into it. Spooky. Is there a Trey Edward Schultz movie this year? I'm not sure. He did uh Which It Comes at Night. Mm. Fucking Jesus. I don't we think I think maybe he's he's time. I think maybe he's up to bat next year. Yeah. If there was an Ari Aster, Trey Edward Schultz and Robert Eggers movie You could just die after all this year. In one fucking year. Just my be done. goodness. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Hold on to your butts. Tap out. Yeah, I just sit in my room in the dark, just be like, everything's sad. <laughs> I do that anyway. Also true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Your MO. No. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think this movie's cool because it's ripe for interpretation. And I think also, like, when things aren't on the surface level, there are a lot of people who are first to be like, by design, the movie doesn't make sense. And it's just mm-hmm. like, no, I just think that, like, like, I, even I had that question, like, watching, I'm just like, not that are there plot holes. It's just like, did, did is some of this like half baked or like this all happened out of nowhere? Because you're kind of it's like an onslaught of like twists and changes and things happening. And then again, like we sit down, you talk about it, you're kind of like, oh no, Jordan Peele is a master of thrills. Yeah, he does understand what he's doing. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it's good. I mean, you know, uh, and in many works like this that those things those quote-unquote plot holes are not plot holes mm-hmm. it's just areas where you are the movie is letting your imagination fill in those yeah. blanks you know mm-hmm. so sure. oh, i have a question for you guys because i want to think about it on the mic rather than off the mic mm, go for it do we see any tethered kill someone other than their doppelganger i want to say yes um okay. there's attempts. There's they attempts. Try. Yeah, but yeah. any actual doing the Well, deed? yeah, the daughter kills that one guy when she's standing on the car. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. does she kill him or does she, she just stabs him? She stabs him. So I think, I, I think um, that's assume. that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And I also thought, in the news reporting thing, I think it's implied that like it's not their tether. Oh, you don't think so? Because nah. he doesn't say like who are you? Oh my you god, just like me. me. Yeah, That's true. I, I think it'd be more explicit if it was. You know what I mean? But I it think. is so cool that they all come up with scissors and murder their yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Because, because that's the their ones goal. That, they the the um, ones that we explicitly you know? do right. see, like when they, when uh, Tim Heidecker's family gets killed, exactly. it's by their own tether mm-hmm. that they are murdered. Yeah, because even Elizabeth Moss, Kitty, she's crawling towards her husband's doppelganger, uh-huh. and he could very easily kill yeah. her, but he waits until. The underground kitty right. comes and slit their throat. And right. Kitty's doppelganger has every opportunity in the world to kill Adelaide, mm-hmm. but she does not. Yeah. So I wonder in that scene is if somehow she knew that she was one of hers. And it kind of drives her nuts. Like, I can't kill you because I know who you are. You were you were one of us. Could be. At one point. Could be. Maybe. 
because it seems like it drives her a little insane because then she takes she the, the scissor a little to bit. herself. Perhaps. So I don't know. I, I buy that. I'm also thinking back on the news report thing and like uh, Adelaide says, she's like, they don't even know yet. That, yes. that they are doppelgangers. They just think they're people in red outfits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can even reinterpret that line. as like, they don't even know yet. It's like the family. Of what's they, going they, to they, happen. Yeah, you guys don't even know. I know what's going on. Yeah. Ish. I, I love that so much, <laughs> that reveal when they like, when she like, you see the realization comes out over her face. And it, because to her, she doesn't know this shit is going to happen. Like, no. even though she's from the underground, she doesn't, she doesn't know think they're gonna rise all up. this is going to happen. Yeah. And then the, the whole movie just pulls out the scope. You also mm-hmm. think there might be a certain amount of, like, she thinks... Because she's a child. She suffers from PTSD. Do you think there's a certain level of her, like, being like, well, maybe this never even happened. Right. Maybe, yeah. like, you know, and she's kind of coming to... Like, maybe she, like... You know, you believe something hard enough, even if it's a lie, it kind of just becomes, becomes a truth real. by your memory, you know? Like, I'm sure, like, I misremember things from my childhood that I just think are fact now. Right. You know? So maybe it's... Maybe that's what it's the movie's also playing into and with he, like PTSD and you kind of like repressing memories and she's just like, oh, I don't like I never even remembered I was an underground dweller or how I came to be because it was so long ago and I've I've pushed it underground I've pushed it below mm-hmm. you right know? Mm-hmm. and even by the same regard like she the the one the underground people are not inherently evil correct no. and Adelaide her her. Her duplicate, her who is actually Adelaide. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is not inherently evil. She was a little girl. I mean, I guess you could say she's inherently evil in the way that her f- immediate reaction to seeing her topside person is crush her windpipe and then drag her down and then mm-hmm. handcuff her. Like that's yeah. the only thing that's kind of suspect to her. Like the bad yeah. intentions. Sure. Because like that's not really the survival instinct, you know? Because she's, I mean, mad confusion. I suppose. Yeah, and then it's also like yeah, and then. You know, she's very direct in that action, though. That's like that's what makes it weird, and that's why you know when she's in the car, she's like smiling, like right, "Mm -hmm." and then she does the same smile as an adult looking at her son in the car. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they've been taught to kill rabbits at least for food. I don't know if they're maybe that's how she would kill the rabbit is like strangle it. I don't think anyone taught them to do any of that. I think that's just what they had. That's true, and so because we don't we don't really see any. Kind of... Um, Tutelage at all. Well, I, I was going to say, like, autonomy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, if they've been underground for so long, someone's maintaining those rabbits. Someone's, someone's feeding those rabbits. Someone, rabbits. I mean, rabbits will breed on their own, but someone's yeah. putting them in the cages. Right. But even not, though, because the rabbits are just running around loose. Mm-hmm. At one point, yeah. We're, like, in the... Well, we never... Later we only years, see yeah. them in the cage... At the beginning, which is probably the beginning of the experiment, if you think about it. I don't know. But you I, don't know. I'd assume so. Because like, then that even makes more sense of, like, we really are moving in chronological order in the movie. So you think maybe 86 was the start of the experiment? I don't know. I'd assume so. I, I don't, don't know. It I could be going that, on though. for years and years. Because, mm-hmm. at that point, because I don't know. even at th- when they're showing her as a, as a young girl, they're all kind of just loose down there. Mm-hmm. But they're pants, but they're on, like, a... It, but they're on like they're pantomiming they're like on the same they're tethered to the above yeah because world. that's what they were created to do so maybe she's like a glitch in the matrix you know well that's my point but yeah. I don't think even at that point I don't think there is anyone pulling the strings down there 
I don't think there's anyone running. I that think they've stuff been abandoned. There. I think they've been abandoned long for, since been abandoned. So there might have been a few generations of yeah, yeah. that because happening. she said Breeding like rabbits down because there. she said they yeah. they recreate themselves. And the implication is that like America is everyone in America is has a doppelganger. It's not know, worldwide. It's even everybody in America or everybody in the whole we world. I think it's, it's unclear. I think it's America. It's like mostly the, implied that it's America. Because of the quote in the beginning. Correct. Yeah. Talking about the underground. The, the tunnels in The America tunnels underground. And then again, her weird to the camera line of like, we're Americans, I right. think is explicit. Right. Um, oh, it's even so dark when you think about like, because she says, she says she's telling that story like when they first meet and she first starts talking like, the little girl topside met somebody and had a kid with him. I never had a choice. I did it because she did it. Yeah. And like, that's how they're reproducing down there. Mm-hmm. Um, is because they're having sex down there. Yeah. Because that's what they're, they're doppelganger they're upstairs. Pa- they're pantomiming doing. doing it. Yeah. So like, and they're flesh and there's no like weird science or magic happening. They're just down there doing, doing that, it. And then yeah. they have to give birth Mm-hmm. to these kids yeah, yeah and it makes it so dark when you think about like the second one where she had to have the c-section she had to do it herself right mm-hmm. and then also the um the son having his mouth burned right is that from like an accident that he got yeah he liked playing with fire yeah mm-hmm. and then no one was there to kind of like protect him so to speak correct got it or you have to wonder if because it's a doppelganger world if there's some level of misfire and mm-hmm. opposites because he's always playing with that thing and it's never working. Maybe the, one, the down one down below, down below is, below always, is working. always working. Fair. Perhaps. So he's like, you know, maybe like doing, like holding up to his face and it's not working, but the one down there is, is working. Operating very well. Yeah. Oof. That's dark too. Yeah. Very There's dark. a lot of weird implications like yeah. that for sure. I think the more mm-hmm. you think when you see it again yeah. the second time and you th- just watching it mm-hmm. the second time and seeing. Everything that's going on up top, imagining that being reproduced down down yeah. in the underground. Again, the movie is so wholly contextually different by the end of it that like it's it's worth seeing again. Yeah, 100%, it, it you know? definitely seems like it's it's almost essential to see it a second time. She also said that the daughter was born smiling, and she's like smiling, whereas like the above ground daughter doesn't really smile. She's kind of like sour faced. Yeah, I wonder what that kind of interpretation is. Hmm. Another glitch, perhaps. I don't know. Well, it's kind of well, like... she said they didn't have a soul or mm-hmm. there's something different or wrong about them. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's like that. Sure. I mean, the the one who's topside, who's kind of always on her phone, she's always kind of like turned off to the world. Yeah. So maybe the one downstairs is just manic. and Yeah. She's the one who smiles when she doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could buy that too. She's the one who's like always turned on. Yeah. Kind of like hyperactive. I mean, it's cool that like I, as much as like it's, it's like kind of frustrating to be like, well, how does this work? How does this work? It's better that the rules are not so concrete yeah. for these characters. It's better that it's left a little bit more ambiguous or open. Right. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you have a two-hour movie, is he going to spend all his time explaining all these rules? Or they already, give you they already had to spend movie? a lot of time explaining yeah. stuff, right. you know? Like, we, we criticized it even for just having, like, an exposition dump. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, exposition dump, monologue, it was a little explainy, but, like, it is there. And right. it contextualizes also, the movie to a certain extent. You know? Really oh, like sure. how that was framed. Oh my god, that shot is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, loved it. Because mm-hmm. like you know he's pretty good about like there's like no I think like double CGI that really happens. He obviously gets like a body double to play, and the camera's behind someone's head when you yes. look at someone's face. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. or you know you have characters wearing masks. 
Um, so, you know, they, they very, like, smartly and I think in a budget fashion, like, do the doubles very well. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, that with these two characters flipping and possibly being the only two characters that switch in the entire U.S., yeah, that kind of gives that implication of topsy-turvy for those two families specifically. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. every other family is more of a duplicate and shadow yeah. self. But that she's she the, says, she's the outlier. She says directly, one. we're special. Right. We're special. Right. We're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably why she has the kind of autonomy to create this uprising because she's not like them. Yes. Right. You know, right. that's why she can organize and make people do things. And mm-hmm. yeah. The last fight scene's cool where she's like dodging it by dancing and stuff. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, so good. And then it has the uh, I got five on it, like orchestrated version. Yes. It's so it's like use that song. They could have just had that song playing in the background the entire movie. I would have been like, I'm here for this. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you guys feel better? Less confused? More confused? I, I like it more. I like the movie more. Okay. Now. I knew we did our job. Yeah. I knew I was gonna like it, but I definitely like I'm a little less confused, but I think now the questions I have are inherently baked into the movie, not like mm-hmm. user error, so yeah. to speak. This is one, I'm, like I said at the top of this episode, I'm going to continue thinking about this. I'm probably going to go online shortly and go read some other takes on this yeah, and, and see sure. what other people are saying, what they're thinking, mm-hmm. um, because they're like, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Most no, I know. I said earlier at the beginning that they didn't lean into the religion aspect enough for me, and now, yeah, I'm okay with that. There might be a little bit more there than even realized. They're probably, exactly. I mean, she very explicitly says God. You know, yeah, she brings she it up. So, and there, there is the biblical quote in there. Yeah. So she like, has an interpretation of it, right? You know, and the doppelganger of the guy who's holding the Jeremiah eleven eleven thing. You know, the the downstairs one had it like carved into his head, and like you know. Did he do it? Did, you know, I imagine he did. But like, you know, there's oh, that's other... a good, good thought. Like, yeah. was he involved in the experiment? Mm. Well, I mean, he had the he had the downstairs because the guy at the beginning of the movie standing there is that doppelganger, right? Right? Yeah. Right? But I'm saying, like, did he have a hand in possibly trying to start this experiment? Oh, perhaps. You know, know, like maybe he was involved. Probably not, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah. No, there's a lot of interesting questions there. I, mm-hmm. I really like the thought that, like, even when we start this movie chronologically, like, they have already been abandoned for a long time. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm into it. I mean, I think I feel like uh, Jordan Peele has said, like, you know, he wrote a whole lineage and backstory going back generations for the armitages and yes. uh, get yeah. out yeah yeah and i imagine you probably did the same for us oh he's probably fleshed and all bet, this stuff out and i would so not doubt much. that they exist in the same fucked up universe that also has a bone to pick with black people yeah i don't know yeah. oh yeah. yeah absolutely um and that's cool i'm more you know i'm into the the peel verse for sure yeah because yeah oh, then yeah. that would definitely paint like why the armitages decided to try to do this yeah or even they're like, like these... trying to continue their lives because they're kind of knowledgeable of something going on sure you yeah. know no, yeah, I, buy I like that. it i buy that too yeah i'd like to see him maybe do something that is more of like a period piece Ooh. but still like this surreal peel verse kind of thing like maybe something mm. that takes place a little bit in the past 70s 80s perhaps or he's, even earlier you know? he's already signed on to a couple projects he has a lot of producing gigs not a ton of directing Direct, gigs because even like gigs. i think he's like more of like the showrunner of twilight zone i don't know if he's the director well, he's also gonna be like explicitly the narrator yeah yeah, yeah. 
I think you're right, though. I think he is the showrunner. I don't think he has a hand in every single episode directly. I mean, that's just how TV works. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly difficult to have your hand in all of the different pots. Mm -hmm. Unless you're David Lynch. That's true. Well, he is special. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Yes. I mean, he's like the OG on Tulpa's. Agreed. So. <laughs> Agreed. A yes. lot of similarities. Probably a lot of influence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Peele wears his influences on his sleeve, that's for sure. And I'm into that. Yeah, you know? me too. I bet, like, the Nutcracker thing. Bernadette, I think, was calling all of them. Plato's Cave, Nutcracker, all those, like, little guys, I mm-hmm. definitely think are there. Hundred, yeah. Like, without a doubt in my mind, he's aware of those things. Yeah, so thank mm-hmm. you, Jordan Peele, for listening. Uh, we really liked your movie. Please um, get on an episode. Don't be shy. Yeah, come And bring Chelsea Peretti. We love her, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Gina. Gailway. <Get> Lynetti. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, any closing thoughts on on uh, us? I think we've 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 extensively covered it here. I want to see it again. I want to buy the vinyl of the soundtrack. Thank you. Goodbye. Nice. <laughs> Bernadette? Agreed. Agreed. Yep. <laughs> this is a perfect like sister movie to get out. I'm into it. Yeah. Same. Definitely. Get excited to see what's next. Can't mm-hmm. wait to see it again. Yeah. Perhaps on a screen closer to us. Mm, to us. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much, listeners, for joining us tonight as we unpacked this movie. Hopefully, maybe we brought some things to light for you or maybe you have your own thoughts and if you do please write us you can find us on instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon not only are we uh posting some stuff about our podcast there now but also our lovely theater located in beacon new york so come on by come see a movie we're on fandango now that's a new update that's pretty cool it's a real legitimate thing you can come see bernadette and robert's beautiful smiling faces in person Mm -hmm. at the theater and also see a a cool movie yeah yeah and I, i love you listeners for just listening in general but I will say, if you're excited about the theater and you're able to get out, show us that you're excited by coming to see a movie. That's that's we're, really what we need right now. We're exclusively showing good movies. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. only show good. We yeah. only show bangers there. So. Not a stinker in the bunch. Nah, mm-hmm. come on through, please. It's my off day tomorrow, and I'm still coming to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, I think Bang. I'm seeing Blind Spotting on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. I want to see it on big screen. Solid. I really want to catch Free Solo. Yeah, I want to see mm-hmm. Free Solo too. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. Once again, storyscreenbeacon.com to find all the podcasts, articles, reviews, videos, and more. T-shirts Buy a and fucking more. T-shirt. We got them there, too. You can buy a fucking T-shirt You there. can buy one in person. Yeah. You don't have to we do the whole shipping thing. We got the blue ones thing. and the black ones. You don't, have to, you don't have to ship it. You don't have to pay shipping. No. No. You can just come get it yourself. Just go get it. Just go get it. Make God. Robbie sell it to you. I'll fucking ring you. I'll and put walk, your chip walk up in to, the reader. Walk up I'll to Robbie it. and say, let me buy a fucking t-shirt. And I'll give you a high five. And turn that gag around on him for once. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jack Kolodzewski. Robin Anderson. Bernadette Gorman-White. Have a good night. Peace. Bye. Because um, I'm queuing up IMDb. I got mine uh-huh. over here. Well, I mean, you got Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. Winston, Winston Duke. 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 Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Moss. Tim Heidecker. Uh, Tim Hard Hard Decker. Hard. Hardrecker. Hardrecker. Uh, hard the daughter's name's a little bit tougher. It's Shahadi. It's Shahadi. That's easy. <laughs> it's Shahadi. <laughs> and the son's name it. is Yvonne. <laughs> 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 Yvonne. Ala Alex?
This can just turn into a key and pill skit where they mispronounce all the names. Yes. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> it's just Aaron. Shahadi it's just Red Aaron. Joseph. <laughs> Jack Willa. Yeah, this is Jack this entire, entire <laughs> hot yeah, take is this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>